Hey everyone, and welcome to CommanderCast episode 496, where your weekly source for community strategy and technology hosts on our home site, CommanderCast.com. My name is Mark. And I'm Adam. Adam, welcome to another lovely weekend. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's weird. I had to go mow my lawn this weekend. I, I have not mowed my lawn yet. Uh, it kind of took yesterday off, but uh, I'm going to be working quite a bit today. Yeah. Um, I hadn't had to mow my lawn because it didn't rain yeah, for over a month. Oh, wow. No, we've gotten rain by a lot every day. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you're in Florida, so, yeah, you know, whatever. I guess the, the only upside to a uh, massive drought in my area was, uh, yeah, I just let the lawn die. But uh, mm. then, it, then it rained a whole lot and then it came back. So that that is how nature is. That is that it works like that. Um, yeah, you know it's fine. I am I am fine with doing the no lawn thing. I that's one of the things I like most about South Jersey when people just said screw it and just put like I don't know seashells instead of yeah. grass or whatever. Yeah. I think we should you know that's an eco friendly ahead of the game minding right there. I'm just I'm just saying I'm throwing that out there, people. Um, and now if I haven't turned off all the listeners with the lawn talk. Your yeah. favorite dad podcast. Uh, we're going to talk about some cards this week. All so, right. Rock and roll. Uh, There's Adam, quite a few of them. Holy fuck. We got a whole set spoiled <laughs> between now and the last time we spoke. An entire yeah. goddamn set. Of yeah. d- of 168 new cards. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of new cards. Yeah. This is a lot of new cards. So we're not going to we're not going to do that. That's that's a lot. The, yeah. We're going to talk about them, you know, over the course of a few shows. But that's that's a whole lot. Uh, so we're going to talk about how much of a whole lot that is in community. Maybe just a, a general overview because I literally have not had the time to look at even a fraction of these cards. Mm. So uh, we'll do that uh, in tech, in strategy. We'll talk about the second half of the Dominaria Commanders. You know, like, we're, we're just parodies of ourselves at this point. We have not had a chance to finish talking <laughs> about the last set before the new set comes. And by that time, it's just, it's an, an, a nightmare of uh, our own making. Uh, and then right. at the very end, uh, we'll talk about some token tech for uh, 2022. It's alliterative on, on so many levels. And uh, I, I enjoy the fact that we finish out a show about too many things to talk about with a strategy that's all about making too many things to count. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I think I like the, the synergy that we have brought to the show today. Uh, this is good. Yeah. You, ladies and gents, may keep up with the conversation on the Facebook and the Twitters. Stick with us through Dumb Interstitial. Uh, we'll come back with so many spoilers. So many. So many. Interstitial numero uno. Adam, I think of all the many things I vomited up in this interstitial fodder, um, the very top one is the most thematic for a, it absolutely is, a yeah. segue into this. Adam, is there anything in the world you like more and yet understand less than Warhammer? Uh, I mean, I feel as I get older, everything is the answer <laughs> to that. But <laughs> I think Warhammer is the triumph of aesthetic over comprehension. So, and, and yeah, I'm I mean, like, cool I that. have tinkered with it. Like, like, when I was younger, you know, uh, probably like a teenager, I played a little bit. Like, you know, people tried to get me into it, and you know, um, it didn't seem too too complicated. I mean, I'm comparing it to magic, right? Which is very complicated, yeah. But... I, I don't know. I, I know people had cool figures and they broke out rulers and like tape measures and shit, and I'm like, oh, boy. right, and right, like, yeah. That was a level I wasn't... Isn't that weird that I'm like, you break out a tape measure, and I'm like, whoa now. 
but like (laughs) see that that part didn't get me it was more the like memorization of like oh that little figure there he has this entire like character sheet thing i'm like oh god oh okay see i don't know i was down with that even though again like famously almost never played dungeon dragons ever in my life but i'm like right all right three-dimensional figure that represents character sheet i'm down with that I'm like, right. But I mean, like people would come with like binders because like each three dimensional figure has its own character sheet. It's not like there weren't many of like just your grunt dudes that you're like, oh, he fires at stuff. Okay, cool. (laughs) Uh They're like, no, he has these 85 things he can do. Like it was a lot of that. It was was a lot. Yeah. Like the the shop that uh, I used to play in before before it became a victim of of COVID and the economy uh, was mostly a Warhammer shop. Uh, and okay. the new the new shop I play in now too is mostly like a tabletop shop, so it's like D and D and Warhammer. Uh, right. So there's like Warhammer adjacent stuff all over the place, right? Right. You know, like we're literally rubbing elbows uh, with the Warhammer guys as they're doing stuff. Right. And they're totally cool. I've never met a, a bad Warhammer player. Nothing against that. I just I look at that and I'm like, man, that's a lot of time. And I don't know why right. I look at that and say that's a lot of time versus it, it literally any other nerdy hobby I have. The painting's a bit much. Like, I mean. <laughs> I had a buddy know. of mine who ran a decent side hustle just painting Warhammer figures. Oh, no. I mean, and like, I think a lot of people uh, who are good at it do that. You know, they charge, you know, 25 or 40 bucks or, you know, maybe sure. even 100 bucks for, you know, mm-hmm. for a figure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and people are willing to pay like i don't know i mean the, that's the other thing is like warhammer seems like the richest person's game oh i don't know man it's it, like magic magic is a lot too i mean is is magic that much like i every I'm, warhammer person i know has like a million carrying cases a million figures each one of those figures is like 15 or 20 bucks right Oh, uh, I didn't know it was, it was that much. But oh yeah, and then like each of the vehicles is like up, you know forty to a hundred bucks. And, oh, that's like, a lot. Right, and then they have a rack of paints, and each paint costs five bucks. And then they have a whole slew of brushes and airbrushes, and like, uh, nah. <laughs> uh, to me, it sounds like I need a storage unit for it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, the, the, yeah. There's yeah. A, a three-dimensional space component that like, you know, m- as nerdy as my magic card stuff is, like it fits in like half of one little bookcase on, right. on the side of my of my office, right? I'm like, right. all right, I can you know, you know, like video game stuff tends to sprawl and books are my never-ending, you know, sprawling. I th- I swear they multiply when I'm out looking. Um Sure. But yeah, <sighs> Warhammer just seems like it needs a lot. So. Yeah, but I love the aesthetic. Like, dude, chainsaw guns. Like, yes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. fucking big space marines. Something, something. Necrons. Yes. Oh, like, I always wanted to like play. You know, the Tyranids. Like from back in the day. I yeah. was like, yeah, that's cool. Like weird alien-like things. Yeah, so great. Fucking weird. I, xenomorphs. Yeah, and I know this is only gonna get. I know it's only gonna get worse because uh, Owlcat Games, the the company that's made the the games that have sucked me in for hours and hours and hours, hundreds of hours. Uh, they make yeah. the Pathfinder, Wrath of the Righteous games and, and that stuff. Their next little three D game in that model uh, of like Baldur's Gate esque is gonna be Warhammer themed, oh. um, and like a Warhammer story. So I'm like, oh, I'm fucking down for that shit. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah. yeah, just just put it in my veins. I'm good. Uh, and I've played plenty of Warhammer. Um, Warhammer video games. There's actually an excellent like Warhammer themed battle chess game that's probably like 10, oh, 10 bucks on Steam. If you right. you know what I mean, it's super cheap. Um 
and like I understand nothing. I don't understand anything about it, but I'm just like, yo, orcs blew up stuff, and then this guy, something, something, space marine, I, emperor, I don't know. See, um, that's that's the thing to me. Like, I think that I would gladly play a like kind of tactics or even large scale tactics type game mm-hmm. um, of Warhammer video game before I would ever buy any of this stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the total Warhammer games are excellent. They really, yeah. really are. Yeah. And there's a whole would, bunch that of That I would ones. do because if I if, if I get to basically have the same play experience where like I move my dudes around, I make all my like little attack decisions, stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but I can just hover over stuff to remember what things are and then I just let the computer already have calculated what it's going to do and it just <laughs> yes. does it. That's great. Oh my God. That's what I love most about playing D and D video games. Like computer, just roll the dice for me. I'm so right. fucking lazy. Just yeah. do it. You know? Oh God, I love it. So anyway, I don't know. I, I don't think we solved anything. I don't really think we came to any kind no, of conclusion, no. but I, I like looking at Warhammer stuff and maybe yeah. doing stuff with Warhammer. And then I guess I'm going to have to play with Warhammer stuff now. Cause it's neat. Um, yeah. And that's, that's where it stands. Ladies and gents, if you, I also don't know too many people who make the crossover between Warhammer and Magic. I feel like you have to invest in one. So oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. I would be interested if anybody's out there is like, is doing both. Cause that seems like, I don't like know. they failed to invest in a car. <laughs> well, that seems to show like you couldn't decide. So you bought two cars. You're yeah. just like, I'm going to do this and put essentially the same amount of money in both. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. All right. Anyway, let's go continue talking about Warhammer, but like with some magic. Okay, sweet. In community this week, ladies and gents. Oh my, oh my God. Yeah. I think in exact that those words and that intonation was what I said when I checked Scryfall, and I'm like, really, the whole set? Wow. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um. So yeah, the whole set came out. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah um, last week. Yeah. You know, as you, as you do. Um. General overview. This is the 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 most surface level comment I think I've ever made. I kind of like the shiny. That they put on some of the cards. How it's oh, like? Oh, interesting. Okay. It, it's like that metallic-y sheen on top. It kind of right. reminds me of. I mean, we're we're parodies of ourselves, but it reminds me of Chromium covers from the '90s. Which oh yeah, you know, I was alive then, so of course I got sucked into. Um, so I, I'm kind of cool with this like faux Chromium esque thing they're going on. I mean, it's not to everybody's taste, but this is literally the most surface level comment I can ever make about a card. Yeah, um, and I liked it. Uh, I'm not against your surface level comment. You know, it's, it's fine. <laughs> I, I like that too. Thank you very much. Um, but uh, my first impression was that I very much I, I, I felt a lot the same. Oh, words and how that. Oh, that's it's fine. Yeah. We're good. Yeah, I felt very similarly to how I do about the different like I don't know clans, armies, what what have you in Warhammer itself, like. I would never play the Space Marines. Really? And and I like I saw that in the cards too. I was like, yeah, I don't care about these at all. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, but like, yes, the Necrons and especially the Tyranids, I was like, oh yeah. Now, okay. Yeah. Now we're talking. Oh, well, I mean, Necrons are oh, let's just be honest, they are objectively the coolest thing. Whatever yeah. has the liches, I'm like, 
my heart goes with you. My cold, right. dead heart goes with you. <laughs> right. But the Tiernids were the first ones that got spoiled like earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. And I was all about them because they're basically just a bunch of hydras. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That That's a neat thing I didn't see coming. So. Right. In hydra colors. So I was like, great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised that they didn't go the token route because it seems like they kind of took a swarm mechanic and did it as plus one, plus one counters instead of, you know, one, one tokens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is um, a little interesting. Yeah. Which, which I found to be interesting, but they basically just ended up in that making a whole bunch of hydras, which I was all about because some of them are really good or synergize very well with like the hydra deck in the right colors so i was all about it yes or like uh, i mean they do have some neat little tokeny things you know like yeah. they're, mm-hmm. they're like i think the thing i like most is like you know i'm looking through some of the the tyranid cards in green i'm like oh this is like a riff on like scoot swarm or something you know what right, i mean like right, it, it's a yeah. riff on cards that i already like so i'm like my heart is already with you so yes. um pretty cool I definitely, I think it definitely gets the nod for most metal names of any set ever. So <laughs> I think we have to just redo that that possible segment we were going to do. Right, right. Um, and Kill name burn. Yeah, right. You, you know what I also like? If you just kind of like unfocus your eyes and look at the art, we could be doing uh, shards of Alara, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I I think that's kind of I don't know I I don't know why I like that, but I do. Um, and it's I mean like. They got stuff you recognize. They got the the sagas, which seem strangely appropriate for Warhammer, the the story yeah. I know nothing about. Um, they've got. I mean, all... that that is a truth. <laughs> I I actual have no idea. No, nope. I have seen these things in game stores, but I do not know how they relate. Like who's good, who's bad. <laughs> nope. I mean, well, let me be clear. The only reason I think sagas are appropriate is because there's so many goddamn Warhammer books. So oh, any- are there? Oh yeah, yeah. And anything by that definition has to be a saga to me. So that's okay. that's fine. Um, there are just so many. I I think there are legit a lot of really cool things in here. Um, oh yeah, I think there's absolutely some some very good pieces that that I've seen. Um, yeah. I think it's from from what I can tell, it's a pretty successful set. Like I mean, without going into too much detail, like I think they. They made some cards that will play well with each other, mm-hmm. and then they made some cards that will just play well in EDH and yeah. will permeate. You know, I think, and I don't know. What, I mean, this doesn't bother me. I'm not a Orthos guy, but I kind of do wish they do like the secret layer. Like we're just gonna make a magic version of these things, you know, mm. or like some of them you don't even really have to change. You just have to like change the keyword, you know, and then like. I don't know, like, like the Golden Throne is a card that I'm looking at. I'm like, oh, I kind of really want to play that card, right? Um, but you know, like Arcane Life Support, as cool as that fucking is, and then a thousand souls die every day as a keyword. That's so fucking metal. Um, but you would probably change that to something else, right? Like, and yeah. I don't think I don't think it really matters. You know, again, like you unfocus your eyes, you're like, eh, whatever, it's a card. So right, um, right. But anyway, overview, like ten thousand feet view. Art looks fine. Names are metal. Cards look really neat. So yeah, agreed. I mean, there's there's a lot of interest here. I mean, I th- I think that it's it's really successful. Yeah. So uh, over. I mean, you know, we'll get into it, and I have not had time to dive into it 
at, right. at all. But uh, whatever. You know. Adam, Don't worry. There's like 800, you know, more <laughs> legendary creatures. So yeah. So uh, you know, we, we got it, man. Uh, whew. Good thing we, we're not going to lack for content in these last few shows, huh? That's, right. That, that's a thing. Uh, Adam, uh, as a way to kind of round out this bit, do you have any problem with guns and magic? Because I don't. I don't. Okay. I didn't. I didn't know if that was a thing that that some people did, or if you know. I'm sure you. some people have take issue with it, but I am not that. I brave. mean, I just ask. I mean, you know, you were you're oddly specific about like somewhere over the rainbow, for instance. So you never know. Right. You, right. Oh no. <laughs> and, and I mean, yeah. Like no, because people have been asking for like a like a western ish set for a long time. I'm fine with that. Like I, th- yeah. I think it's a a good idea. You could do some kind of like magic gunslinger thing, and it would probably be great. I am, I am also cool with that. So, yeah. With that, ladies and gents, uh, let us know what you think. You know, big things. Obviously, we're going to get into it. And we just literally do not have the time right now in one show to go over it all. So we want to do a little big overview, and then we'll get into the nitty-gritty later on. So stick with us. Through a dumb interstitial, we'll come back in strategy with the last set's commanders. Oh, my God. So passe. That was a week ago. Oh. Yeah. Sir, uh, interstitial numero duo. Do I take this to mean that Final Fantasy the second is down? Yeah, yep. We wow. finished finished Final Fantasy two. Finally, congratulations. Twenty something yeah. years later. How yeah, does, yeah. I mean, hey. So that means that there is one left. Oh, one of the Final Fantasies you have not finished. Yep. So just Final Fantasy three, huh? Yep. <laughs> Adam's got job systems, Mill. I know, I know. I, I will say, to deal with. I, technically, in my heart, I have finished Final Fantasy III. However, technically, I have not, because that last dungeon can go fuck itself with a cactus. <sighs> that um, last dungeon is hard. Like, that's where I stopped, too. Yeah. Um, no. It is real rough. Uh, I'll say, like, no. honestly, Final Fantasy 2, like, toward the end, like, there was definitely some jump in difficulty. Not it was. Too, too, not too, too bad. Um, I mostly just fought it off by, like, I don't ever use items. And so, like, I literally sold everything and just bought a whole bunch of elixirs. Oh, yeah. See, the, there you go. Yep. That works. <laughs> um, But, yeah, like, Final Boss, like, I wouldn't say it was hard, but it was, like, it was super tanky. Yes, I mean it had the like. Let me just give it more hit points. Problem. So. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I mean, I wasn't getting killed by it much. I mean, like its physical attack was was pretty good. So I like had to protect and stuff like that. But like, yeah, it was it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy III's final dungeon definitely killed me the first time I tried to to beat it. But yeah, I mean, we'll see. I don't know. I don't expect that I have more patience now as like forty year old dad. But we'll, we'll, I guess we'll get there. So maybe one of these days I will, I will come back and revisit it again. Famously, have to finish five and six for me. So yeah, <laughs> so I have, I have other. You never finished five. I never finished five, man. I'm actually very surprised at that one because a not that hard and b it's, it's an, job it system galore. Yeah, well, you know what, you know what, pro. Like I got to the point where you can like farm job points, and now I'm just like I 
can't stop farming job points. I'm like, oh, look, yeah. numbers go up. Ugh. And I'm like, eventually yeah. I'm just going to have to stop doing it. So I will finish five. I just, you know. I definitely did that too. Uh, well, now that we say that, I feel like I have to check that I finished five. Like, because I, I may have gotten to the same, because I know like I unlocked all the final weapons. Mm-hmm. Is there a spreadsheet involved in this by any chance? There's not. Oh. There's not. I'm I'm literally about to open an emulator. Oh, okay. Find out where oh. I was. <laughs> I mean, again, I will. I will. No, probably... no, no, no. It it wasn't a bad question because decent chances that you were right. <laughs> I fi- I figured there's like a coin flip <laughs> if there's a spreadsheet involved with you, so you never know. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, well, I'm glad, sir, that uh, Final Fantasy II is in your rearview mirror. I imagine this yep. will be the last time you will revisit Final Fantasy II. Uh, where would you rank it? In the the large pantheon of Final Fantasies, I mean, I think it's it probably is around you know on the on the lower side of things because there really wasn't much of a story. There, yeah, there wasn't. Uh, um, I, I guess the know, real question is: we know it's in the bottom half, but like, is it the last Final Fantasy? Is it like the bottom of the Final Fantasy? No, because trope? I think the story uh, and the gameplay was a little bit more fun than Final Fantasy One. Yeah, um, I think the Pixel to... Remaster did make the leveling system not as terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I mean, I like I had a good time playing it, um, and I've played Final Fantasy one tons, but like, there's really no story there. Like, I mean, it's it like it's pretty weak. Yeah. Um, so Final Fantasy two had a, a bit more story, a bit more you know to to kind of do. Um, I will say that it was a little bit more confounding in what you're supposed to do next. Yeah, I remember that too. I mean, I think it's hard with old games. Sometimes I can't separate the, I read this in Nintendo Power and therefore I know what to do versus the game is actually giving me enough clues to tell me that I know what to do. You know what I mean? Like, I I never found Simon's Quest... Uh, terribly difficult because I just read the fucking Nintendo Power one. So because <laughs> right. of course you would back in the day, right? Like why would you right. just like I'm, I'm not gonna fucking like smash my head against this when the, the bad translation is telling me to do this? Like uh, no, I'm yeah. just gonna oh well, you know Nintendo Power said kneel here with the with the item. I'll, I'll go do that. Right. So it's hard for me sometimes to, to separate those things. I would have to go back to like a game that I don't have any um, Nintendo Power knowledge about to see if right you know to see it without nostalgia glasses. But there's I don't know. The older I get, there's uh, fewer and fewer of those, my friend. So. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, three, I also remember not really having much of a story, so we'll see. Um, four definitely has a a great story to it. Five, I just didn't like the story. Yeah. But had interesting mechanics to it. Um, yeah, so, so, I mean, this is toward the lower side of things. Yeah. Uh, what would be your your bottom of the barrel Final Fantasy? I mean, I think at this point it's. I mean, like mechanically, it might be three. Okay. Like one, three, eight are all kind of in there for me. Uh, see, I I would have to go more modern, like thirteen, fifteen, that sort of thing. For yeah. I mean, they're they're definitely pretty, and I I like the soundtracks. Um, yeah, mm, kind of hot messes though. I th- I think yeah. maybe fifteen might be. I I bailed on fifteen at a certain point. I'm like, no, thank you. Um, and I sure. think I think fifteen might be the worst for me. 
Which is weird to say, but I don't know. I of course I have not also played Strangers in Paradise. Um, which is the the newest weird remake that turns the first game into an action RPG. Um Oh. Yeah, that's a weird thing oh, that actually came out. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I, I have not played that either. I have not either. I refuse to play full price, and one day when it becomes cheap enough for me to buy it for like 20 bucks on PS4, I will. Uh, but yeah. until that day comes, so we'll have to, I don't know, have to sit tight. Who knows? Sometime by the time my daughter goes to college, maybe Final Fantasy 16 will come out. Um, so I have that to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, with that, uh, strategy. In strategy this week, ladies and gents. Oh, man. Oh, wow. So many cards. Yes. Much cards. Uh, We're going to cover the second half of the cards we didn't get to last week. Because there's a lot of cards last week. There's even more this week. Um, but we're going to go from from your, your Rada's to your Zers this week. You know, bottom half of the alphabet. Um, right. And uh, let's, let's just kick it off then. Uh, I'll do the first one. Uh, Rada Coalition Warlord. Rada Coalition Warlord is a four mana three three elf warrior, two colorless, uh-huh. red and green. Um, they keep doing this, Adam. They they, they, keep, they do. They like I I don't, I don't know how to help. Like it's so, no. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Just yeah, just get it out. Just peel the bandaid off. Domain. Whenever yeah. Rada Coalition Warlord becomes tapped, another target creature you control gets plus X plus X till end of turn, or X is the number of basic land types you control. Adam, they keep making Radas I don't like, and I, I'm do. not I'm not they a do. fan. Um, There's nothing nothing I can do for you on that front, but I I do hear you. I mean, listen, old school Rada is dope. I like me a good Rada deck way back in the day, you know. Right. Andy on the cast had this awesome like Rada uh, mass land destruction deck, which was a lot of fun. Sure, uh, and I'm like, that's cool. Um, Grand Warlord Rada. I mean, we'll talk about when we talk about token deck. One of my favorite cards for a token deck. If you're going Gruel, you make bananas mana with that. <laughs> I like it. Um, Rada Heart of Keld is fine. Kind of uh, garbage, I, yeah. It, 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 she's fine, but she at least gets a bigger pump than Rada Coalition Warlord would. Um, because like, it's just one. Okay. If it was your team getting the bump, that would be something, but it's not, it's one other target creature and they can at max get plus five plus five. I guess it's okay. Cause she gets tapped, but like, this is so anemic and I know it's, I know it's an uncommon, but that still doesn't help. It's just, a, no, it's bad. It's just, just a bad just, card. Yeah. Just, yeah. Okay, we did it. I feel, I feel like you've talked about it more than anyone else will. Oh, also true. All right, let's talk about Raph. All right, Raph, Weatherlight Stewart, Stalwart, not Stewart, Stalwart, mm. is uh, a white and a blue for a 1-3 human wizard. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, you may tap two untapped creatures you control if you do draw a card, and you can pay three white-white. Creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and gain vigilance. Uh, I do like that you can draw a card to, like, the the only the only scenario I see here is, and I think that this is a a deck that could exist, is if you play blue white tokens. Sure, you know, especially like 
if you play something like kind of Talrandi, you know, so you're you're casting a whole lot of instant sorceries that make tokens, and then you have the things that make tokens off of that, then you should be able to draw cards off of this and, and kind of get like a little pseudo engine going. Um, it's not good, but it's not. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, you know, if if you have that deck, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, to to give it its due, right? Like, Raph can probably always count as one of those untapped creatures. So it's like you and like yeah. one other token. So you're you're getting it done. It's yeah. Just, it's, yeah. He's just he's just okay. So. Yeah. Um. Oh boy, I set myself up to read to read yeah. this card. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go for it. Uh, Radadravic. Yeah. Sure. God bless me. Of uh, yeah. Urborg to Carlos white and a black the zombie wizard three three it's got vigilance and ward two sure uh other zombies you control have vigilance it's nice okay whenever another legendary creature you control dies create a token that's a copy of that creature except it's not legendary and it's a two two black zombie in addition to its other colors and types adam see also our com our conversation about like do we even need the legendary rule right um right this guy's fine he's neat you know you put him in a varina deck yeah. Right. I, I, exactly. I mean, that, that's a hundred percent what happens with this. It just it goes in Verena. Um, the vigilance is nice, but not necessary. Uh, getting double use out of your creatures, great. Sure. Yeah. yeah. The ward is also nice, but not necessary. Like I feel all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that. Yeah. So next one is Rith Liberated Primeval. It's a two, a red, a green, and a white for a five-five legendary creature dragon. Uh, it has flying and ward two. All dragons you control have ward two. And at the beginning of your end step, if a creature or planeswalker an opponent controlled was dealt excess damage this turn, create a 4-4 red dragon creature token with flying. Ooh. Yeah? No. No, I was I was trying to hype myself up, but that's... There wasn't a little. There wasn't anything after that exclamation. It was just. Uh, I like four or four yeah. dragons. Um, I mean, there's a lot of easy ways to do this, right? Like, I mean, you can obviously go to the well of the Pyrohemian direct damage, and the you know when this thing attacks, and like like you'll you'll be able to do excess damage to a creature to trigger this, but. Does it only trigger all, once a turn? It's only on your end step. And if a creature or planeswalker and opponent controlled was dealt damage, yeah, it's once. Yeah. Yeah, that's not that's not exciting. And like, I don't know. I think. I mean, like, it, it like, yeah, I guess what you're looking for is the if one or more creatures or planeswalkers. Yeah. But I, but I mean, you only get one end step, right? So it's just at the beginning of right, that end it's step. It's a one trigger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that's okay. how I'm reading it. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, that's fine. I guess. I don't know. Would you put this in a dragon deck just to give all your other dragons ward two? No. Yeah, I don't know. He seems like a hundred fifth card for a dragon deck to me. He seems like a hundred fortieth card for a dragon deck. <laughs> all right. You know. I mean, we can we can argue on the the excess number of cards that he would fit into, but yeah. I mean, mostly just because of the white, right? Like, I mean, he's not going to end up in your dragon deck because he's not in colors for dragons. Well, I mean, five color dragons. You know. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but the, there, there's dude, so many dragons that can go in that. I know, I know. I'm just saying, man. There's a five color dragon deck somewhere, and this guy's sure, be, sure. This guy's gonna be a cheap mythic. 
So, you know. Yeah, I mean, but that, like on its best day, it makes swords to plowshares cost three. Like, Okay. Okay, yeah. Uh, Ravaz of the Claw is one colorless, a black, and a red. Three, three for three. Viashino Warlock. Okay. I don't get Warlock out of this. I just got, you know. Yeah, that, that... I, I feel you. I don't, I don't get Warlock either. But hey, like a warlord, maybe. Yeah, right. But I guess then we'd have to have warlord types and stuff. I don't know. Maybe warlock didn't get a lot of love, and they're like wanting to spread it around. Yeah. Uh, so he's got menace, which is not bad. Three through menace, pretty good. Uh, you can tap him to add two mana in any combination of colors. Spend this mana only to cast dragon creature spells. Kind of neat. Uh, yeah. Once during each of your turns, you may cast a dragon creature card from your uh, dragon creature spell. Sorry, from your graveyard. Neat. Yeah. Uh, whenever you cast a dragon creature spell from your graveyard, it gains when this creature dies. Exile it. Mm, we got to a part of the card I don't like, but yeah. uh, not bad. You know, you cast stuff from your graveyard. A little bit of recursion in neat colors. Um, a little bit of recursion. More importantly, in those colors, having any kind of ramp is pretty important. And you know, if you true. are in the like in a Rakdos dragon deck, that's pretty helpful. It is pretty helpful. I mean, he comes down real early, so yeah, yeah I kind I kind of like this guy. Yeah. yeah, it's not amazing. I mean, this is like super niche, but you know, not bad. Yeah, not bad. Next one, next one. Rona Shieldred's Faithful is one a blue and a black. Or I'm sorry, one a blue and black black. Mm. Uh, it's a human wizard three four. Whenever and whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, each opponent loses one life. I'm already loving it. Yeah. Uh, you may cast Rona Shieldred's Faithful from your graveyard by discarding two cards in addition to paying their other costs. Uh, also great. This seems like it's going to be in the um, the blue black. God, what's it called? Storm deck. Yeah, it's neat, man. I don't know. I like. I mean, I like this card. I mean, it wasn't hard to get better than like first edition Rona, who was a pretty anemic bad card. Yes. Um, this seems neat. I'm sure people can do nasty things with this and Storm. Um, yeah, I mean, in Storm decks, I mean, like you, you've easily seen people cast what ten spells in a turn, and then whatever their their Storm card is. Yeah. Well, so this is just an extra ten life loss to each opponent. Like that's pretty good. Yeah, that's really that's really pretty good. Yeah. Um. I mean, off the top of your head, when you're when you're thinking about this, is is Demir Storm the way you're going? Because I always think, is it for for those colors? But I'm sure you could do. I'm, sh- I'm so, sure. Is it do. Storm? Yeah, I mean, is it Storm is very good, but Demir Storm does give you. I mean, the Black Storm card uh, is really good. The the one that uh, tendrils deals. Yes. Yeah. Tendrils, yeah, tendrils. is very good. Yeah, it's really good. And then a lot of the other, like the blue ones are pretty good too. So yeah, I mean, I, I like a Demir Storm deck is very viable. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I'm trying to think. When was the last time I tried to put together a Storm deck? Hmm. I guess it's been a bit. Yeah. You know? I don't know. I guess I'll have to, I guess I'll have to bust draw new out of the dustbin somewhere. Yeah. Put him yeah. back together. Yeah, but I mean, it can it can definitely be good. There's a lot of like quick ramp stuff in black, and then there's a lot of sifty stuff in blue. So between those, you can definitely you know get there. Yeah, 
Yeah, you, you can hit it. Um, I guess I'm just going to have to like pull out my Elite Arcanist Evermind and Teller of Tales combo again. Ah. And then get, because I mean, listen, man, the only thing I like better in a combo is an, a combo with arcane cards. Yes. You know what I mean? Know what I mean? I, oh, I, I love it. <laughs> Next one. Next one. All right. Uh, Rulik Mons, Warren Chief. One colorless, red and two green. It's a goblin, if you couldn't tell. He's a 3-3 yep. three, three with Menace. Oh, going on 3-3 three, three Menace train. like it. Uh, whenever yep. Rulik Mons, Goblin, Warren Chief. Sorry, he's a Warren Chief, not Goblin. Yeah, chief. calm down. Attacks. Yeah. Uh, look at the top card of your library. If it's a land card, you may put it onto the battlefield tapped. If you didn't put a card onto the battlefield this way, create a 1-1 one, one red creature token. Ooh, Okay, he's got a little goblin guide action going on. Yeah, it's fine. Like I, I just don't care about this card. Like it, it's not a bad card. It's yeah, I think it's fine. I don't. I would struggle to put it in even a gruel goblin deck. Like yeah, he's, I think so. I just don't think he's good enough. But he, he, he is fine as is. So, uh, yeah. what do you got for the next one? Next one is uh, Shanna. 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 I don't know. Yeah. This is this is what's gonna get me. Just a very simple like it's Shana or Shana or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, Shana purifying oh, purifying blade, uh, a green, a white, and a blue for a three-three human warrior. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Life link at the beginning of your end step. You may pay X. If you do draw X cards, X can't be greater than the amount of life you gained this turn. Uh, that card is very good. Yeah, I was gonna say this card looks neat. Yeah, so, yeah. Got lifeline, triggers it, pays some stuff, draws some cards. Right, it's a three, three for three. Like, I, I mean, yeah. There's, yeah, it, it is. This is a solid card. Um, I would say a decent commander for a like gain life deck. You know, I mean, you've got you've got good colors for it. You've got, you know, yeah, yeah. you could do fun stuff with like life gain and bant. That's a neat right. idea. So, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna say that's like an overwhelmingly powerful archetype, but it would be a neat idea. You know, yeah, absolutely. They they've printed an awful lot of funky cards that that uh, have some good synergies with that in the mm-hmm. last couple of years. Um, next one, hmm, maybe you've heard of her, Shieldred yeah. the, the Apocalypse. Um, she's two carless and two black. It's a yep. Phyrexian Praetor. Yep. Uh, she has Death Touch. Appropriate. Mm-hmm. She's also a four or five in case it, any of that mattered. But uh, whenever you draw a card, you gain two life. Whenever an opponent draws a card, they lose two life. Mm. Adam, can I say I just appreciate the simplicity? Yeah, um, it is really good. What do you think this card is going for right now? Oh, I would say approximately $45.56 American. Yeah, so. um, that's stupid. That is that is a dumb amount of money for this card. Yeah, um, it is a good card. Don't don't get me wrong. I mean, I think almost any black deck would be happy to have this because it's just casual life gain, casual life loss for your opponents. A four or five with death touch for four is fantastic on the stats. Like, yeah, yeah. it's it's a a really solid card. It's not worth forty five dollars. I'm not paying forty five dollars to like turn my lady fingers sweet into an upside for life gain for me. Like I'm not. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That's hilarious. By it, the way, it's pretty good though. I mean, it it's is. like all right. I I like this. This is really neat. Um, again, really good card, right? Yeah, but it man. is absolutely. I mean, I inarguably so. Yeah, but I can't imagine it's gonna hold that. You know, like it's not. 
I don't know. Is this really game changing? I mean, it targets one opponent at a time. Right. Kind kind of, you know, because you, I don't know, unless you get symmetrical draw, whatever. What do you do? You put this in like a Demir control deck and then you just do like opportunity, you know, or, or not opportunity. What's the one that like prosperous, whatever, everybody's drawing oh, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prosperity, you know I mean? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, well, yeah, fruition. I mean, like, this is, hmm. well, that's, that's the thing. Like, isn't this just, um, Nekosar? Like, I mean, it just goes into Nekosar, right? <laughs> yeah. And, like, would you ever pay $45 for any piece of Nekosar? Right. I mean, like, other than Nekosar, like, that deck should be pretty cheap. Yeah. Right. Then, so, like, I can't imagine this thing is going to hold up. Like, don't get me wrong. I would put this in it, in, you know, like, I don't, I'm really abusing, like, a Kirik deck would be great. Right. I'm super abusing my life total. But, like, to Absolutely. me, this is a way to keep me from dying. And it's also like a four or five with death touch, which occasionally will make people lose some life, like uh, two life every turn, four right. life every no, turn. I mean, like it's a, it's a great card. Like I w- I would say like this card settling at like ten to fifteen. Like yeah, Seems okay, appropriate. it's a really strong card, right? You know? But but yeah, not not no, that forty five dollars is just stupid. It's cray cray. Um, next one, tell me about like n- I don't know, new G. Solkanar, <laughs> like like throwback of throwbacks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Solkanar the Tainted is two a blue a black and a red for a five five elemental demon. Mm. Uh, at the beginning of your end step, choose one that hasn't been chosen. Uh, draw a card. Each opponent loses two life. You gain two life. Solkanar deals three damage to up to one other target creature or planeswalker. Or exile Solkanar, then return it to the battlefield under an opponent's control. Huh. Yeah, this card is kind of stupid. This card is funky, man. I mean, yeah. I don't think this, I like it, but it's... This, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. To me, this falls into the, like, Rohan. Oh, okay, okay. Category where, like... You're like, oh, that's neat. No, that's not that bad. And then you play with it once, and you're like, no, that's that bad. Yeah, let's let's not do that anymore. Yeah, this seems like I don't know. You're trying too hard, or like you're yeah. you're building something up that's just going to disappoint you. So yeah, it's not it's not good. Yeah. Um, I honestly I don't even know what to do with the next card. So I'll read it, and then we can obviously talk about it. Yeah. Soul of Wind Wind Grace. Why did I mess up Wind Grace? I don't. Yeah. Hey. Jesus Christ! Why did I fuck up Soul of Wind? What the hell is up with words today? Stop yeah, words it. are hard. So words are hard. Stop it, language. Jesus. Uh, one colorless, a black, a red, and a green. It's a cat avatar. Five four. Man, they're still trying to make avatar happen. Yep. You know this might be the most appropriate use for it, but still, it uh, seems pretty appropriate. Yeah. It, it does, but I'm just saying, yeah, you couldn't go spirit. Mm, yeah. You know, whatever. Uh, whenever soul wind grace enters the battlefield or attacks, and I put a land card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control, tapped. Okay, I count. I don't like that. I kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, you can pay green, discard a land card, you gain three life. Pay one and a red, discard a land card, draw a card. Pay mm-hmm. two and a black, discard a land card, soul of wind grace gains indestructible until end of turn, tap it. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. I, I feel like... I feel like not knowing is wrong. Meaning, like, I feel like... <laughs> Like, right, like really, we really is, do know, but we're just yeah, don't like, say Yeah, like, I feel it. like this is good. Okay. Like, first of all, it's a 5-4 for four, 4, which is good. When it enters the battlefield, it's got something probably very relevant in your deck going uh-huh. on. When it attacks, same. And 
I'm not afraid of attacking with it, right? Especially since it can kind of protect itself. So you just leave mana open and do stuff in the second main phase as you should sure. anyway. Yeah. The life gain, yeah. Not it shouldn't be generally needed, but okay. You know. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean, like I can see this in the lands deck, but I, like it's hard to dethrone the Wind Grace Planeswalker card as the head of that. Because that's so good. Like you would right. never you would never play this at the top of that that deck, right? Like you would hundred percent, ten times out of ten do Lord Wind Grace the Planeswalker at the top of that deck. I think so. Yes. It, um yeah. but this isn't gonna be a bad piece in that deck necessarily. So I mean, I don't yeah. know. Like it's okay. I'm not I'm not excited about it. Yeah, I think that that's where I lean to. Uh Next one, Squee Dubious Monarch, two colorless yeah. and a red. It's a goblin noble, 2-2 two, two with haste. Whenever Squee Dubious Monarch attacks, create a 1-1 one, one red goblin creature token that's tapped and attacking. You may cast Squee Dubious Monarch from your graveyard by paying three and a red and exiling four of the cards from your graveyard rather than paying its mana cost. Eh, probably not. Isn't this the second, like, escape-type card that we've, <laughs> we've yeah. seen? Yeah. Like, I don't mind the escape mechanic, Right? And right. I don't mind that they didn't put the words escape on this. Right. Um, but I just don't... Yeah, just It's okay. Like, if you just want something that turns sideways and creates a 1-1 one, one red goblin creature token that's tapped and attacking, like, there's so many different ways to do that. And, like, this, yeah. this guy's okay. And if I guess if you're like, man, I really need recursion, like, okay... I, I think I would just struggle to put him in my goblin list. Like, for instance, even a goblin token list. I'm like, he's okay. I don't know if he would make the cut, though. He might, but I don't know if yeah, he Yeah, no, I agree with you. Like, I'm pretty disappointed with this because both versions of Squee before were much better. Oh, uh, like, Squee is such a weird combo piece when you can, like, cast yeah. him from exile and crap. And yeah. it's like, yeah, this is so neat, man. And, like, now yeah. Squee's like, yeah, he's okay. But, you yeah. know, maybe that's thematic because he's old. I guess, but he's immortal, so I guess it doesn't really matter. I don't know. He's got old and fat. I don't know. So. Yeah. Uh, next one. Next one is a Sten Paranoid Partisan. It's a white and a blue for a 2-2 human wizard. Looks like he should have been an advisor, but we'll go with it. Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. Uh, as Sten Paranoid Partisan enters the battlefield, choose a card type other than creature or land. Spells you cast of the chosen type cost one less to cast. And you can pay one, a white, and a blue to exile Sten, return it to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of your next end, end step. Okay, so you can reset that. Um, I actually kind of like this. I mean, like, this works in artifacts. It works in a spell slinger deck. Like, I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot of, a lot of uses for this. Yeah, he's like a human version of Cloud Key. With a little, right, exactly. A little protection on the end there. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, I think. He, well, I mean, I think it's the protection and the point that you can reset it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, he's neat. I, 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 mm, I'm trying to think. I mean, I would probably go artifacts ten times out of ten. Put him in, you know, like an Esper deck. Oh yeah, I mean, most likely. But you know, yes, if you if you happen to be in like America spell slingers or something like this, could work in there. Sure. Or you know, I suppose you could even put him in like a ban enchantress. Right now, your enchantments right. are one less. Um, but I think there's probably better ways to do that. So yeah. anyway, uh, let me read the next card because it has my favorite line in this entire set. Oh uh, wow. Okay. Tatiova, steward of tides, two green and a blue Merkvo druid three three. Land creatures you control have flying. I read that originally as just lands you control have flying. 
Oh, yeah. That nice. would have been my favorite. Uh, yeah. Whenever a land enters a battlefield under your control, if you control seven or more uh, lands, up to one target land you control becomes a 3-3 elemental creature token with haste. It's still land. Yeah, okay, we could probably move on. I was like, yeah, the the lowest bar ever. Yeah, it's probably the best commander for the lands are going to attack deck. Yeah, right? Um, but uh, I don't want to do that. Again, like... There are so, there's so few times when I want to turn my resources into fragile creatures. Yeah. That's yeah, probably exactly. not going to happen, man. So, you yeah. know, keep keep on trying to go with that line of play, but it's probably not happening. Man, I'm jealous you get to read the next one, though. Yeah, so this is this is a card I've been waiting to be printed for a very long time because I almost want to make this deck just because this is, like, the one piece of lore that I'm like, okay, we have all the pieces, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Like, Yeah. So uh, the Raven Man is one in a black for a 2-1 human wizard. At the beginning of each end step, if a player discarded a card this turn, create a 1-1 black bird to- creature token with flying, and this creature can't block. Uh, it also has three, a black, and tap it. Each opponent discards a card. Activate only as a sorcery. Huh. This card is very middling. Man, why is it? Why can't it just be? Why? Just why? I know we do this all the time, but like, why do they have to kneecap these things? I mean, it is at the beginning of each end step. So if you if you have something that because there's there's a couple cards that like at the beginning of each player's upkeep they discard a card. You know, it's it's nice, a very symmetrical effect. Like, what is it? Bottomless pit or something like that. Yeah. Um, So you get a one one every turn and he can make people discard more. So like, it's not bad for the discard deck. I mean, I guess if you do like kind of a discard sub theme to the Liliana deck and have all the rest of the demons and Liliana's and things in there, like it's probably an okay deck just because it's mono black good stuff with discard as a theme. But okay, so you're my problem is the double handicap. So it has to be at the end of each end step, and the one ones can't be blockers. So yeah, I know. You I know, know, like I don't. I again, I understand that we can't have everything, right? Right. Fine. It's two mana. It is two mana. Like kick it up to the three and take one of those away. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, and then it becomes a playable card. Yeah, why would rather... you want to take away at the beginning of each end step? Because then, if you just like, whenever a player discarded a card, oh god, that's oh. why I would. Ch- that's what oh, I would change it to. Like insanely good. Yes, yeah. that's what I. That's what I fucking want. Again, yeah. I mean, I don't know if we've done this in an actual segment, but like, give me buffs rather than debuffs. That's yeah. what I want. Yeah, I agree. I and like, I think that just makes it better for everybody. It does. The fucking format's I, already I broken think that to that's shit. What people want, like, yeah. It makes I you feel better. Would rather see a broken thing that costs a little bit more yeah, than we, see a not broken thing that you can pay play for two. Well, because the the answer to the buffs versus nerfs thing is like, all right, how do you counter more buffs in Commander? You buff another thing, and then right. you get two cool things rather right. than let's nerf this thing, and then it's just not going to get played. Yeah, that's true. That's a, I mean, it's a it's a good point, and it's honestly something that they've kind of worked more toward doing in general not in this case but in general they have because you know i mean they got rid of things that cause feel bads and i think that this is a version of that like nerfing thing you know they know that people want to play the big thing right 
I I am just in favor of them do, and it's funny because they get the they get the idea in some contexts and they don't get the idea in other contexts. Just yeah, I would agree with that. All, always do the buff, never do the nerf. That just right. makes people. I mean, again, I don't know. A broken record. I'm going to move on now. Uh, <laughs> Tori Davenant. All right, listen. These next couple cards, people, you're going to have to give us a little. Give us even more leeway on the language. We're having a rough time with language already. This yeah. one's got a funky apostrophe. The next one has a fucking umlaut. Like, we do what we can here, okay? <laughs> Tori Davenant, Fury Rider. One colorless, two red, and a white. It's a human knight, 3-3. Three, three. Vigilance and trample. Whenever Tori Davenant, Fury Rider, attacks, all other attacking creatures you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn. Other red attacking creatures you control gain trample until end of turn untap each other white attacking creature you control. That seems neat. This yeah. is fine. You know, she goes in the knight's deck. Right? Sure. Like the Mardu Knights? knights? Like, I get, uh, Mardu Knights, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. I just don't care. Yeah, I mean, she's very, she's very uncommon. Right? Like, this is a very, yeah. like an uncommon uncommon. Yeah. Yeah. But I think you're right. Yeah. Like a um a Mardu Knights deck feels right. And she also seems like the first draft of a Mardu Knights deck, right? Like you yeah. put this in there and then you're like, ah, she's not really pulling her weight. And then you take her out and put something else in, right? Right. But, eh, it's fine. So Yeah. You save up, you buy land tax, and you're like, Yeah, I don't really need another creature. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. This is the evolution. Yeah. Uh, next one, sir. Uh yeah, next one is <sighs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Tora Kenarud. Yeah, that's pretty good, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. Uh, Sky Knight. Uh, two, a white, blue, blue uh, for a human knight, 3 3 with flying. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, create a 1 1 soldier creature token. So, this is that, that exact same deck that I was referring to with, uh, with who was it? Raph. Yeah. Right? You put Raph. And Torah, that's it. End of story. Uh, in the same deck together with Talrand and things like that. And yeah, you you just go to town with instants and sorceries and tokens. This isn't great, but it's not horrible. That's fine. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next one. I mean, favorite name out of the set. Yeah. Erg Spawn of Turg. Two two black and a green. It's a star five. It's a frog beast. Yeah. Erg, spawn of Turg's power is equal to the number of land cards in your graveyard. At the beginning of your upkeep, look at the top card of your library. You may put that card into your graveyard. You may pay black and a green, sack of land, gain two life. Um, see also my comment from last week. Terravores is better than this card. Uh, so play Terravore instead if that's an effect that you would rather have. Terravore is better than this card. And I think that Terravore probably goes in the same deck. But I think these are both just in Gitrog, right? I mean, I guess. Uh, I I mean, it's fine, I suppose. Well, I mean, because if top part of your library is a land... Yeah, I mean, that is good. Then you just draw, you know? Like, I mean, that's that's fine, you but, know? I mean, I, I don't know, man. I think there's so many other pieces that you would rather do in Gitrog. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I recently put Gitrog in a deck that just made the deck way better because now it has Gitrog in it. Um, I mean, Gitrog is... Like good. not so secret tech that just goes well in anything that can play it. Yeah, kind of like if you're in those colors and you just accidentally toss a land, you're like, oh wow, this is pretty good. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, good card is good. Like regardless, right? However, 
I think I would just rather do a skull profit if I'm looking for some kind of ring. Okay. Right? Because okay. then you can tap and mill two cards, maybe get another card off it. Or he just becomes a mana dork. And also he's a three one, you know, as he's just sitting around there. Right. Um I, I just think that's I just think that's better. I just think it's better. Yeah. Um, you know, this isn't this isn't terrible, but again, like it's not great. I think he might come out of here and get raw exec if you put him in. Yeah. So uh next one though. Uh, next one is Vohar, the Dalian Desecrator, a blue and a black for a 1-2 Phyrexian Merfolk Wizard. They're getting a little small with that font size there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it has two abilities. The first is tap, draw a card, then discard a card. If you discarded an instant or sorcery card this way, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. Second ability is pay two, sacrifice Vohar, you may cast an instant or sorcery card from your graveyard this turn. If the spell would be put into your graveyard, exile it instead, activate only as a sorcery. This is a really interesting card. Man, they are really trying to make that Demir Storm thing happen. Yes. <laughs> like, they really are. I mean, like, they got some pretty good tech for it. Like, yeah. I would yeah. put this alongside Rona in a deck. I would probably not put either of them at the head of the deck. Um... Like there's a new version of Drownood. Not not don't do Drownood because you're gonna fucking lose all your lands and have a bad time. Yeah. But uh, there's a new version of Drownood that's just better Drownood that I think right. both of these go in. Um, and you can just put them in Cass, right? Like you just just do that too. Um, good card, good. I think I'm gonna just say good card, good for Vohar. Right. Yeah, it is a really good card. I mean, it's also like one of the best looters. Yeah. Ever. Like, okay. At, at, at its floor, right? If we're talking floors and ceilings, floor, right. one of the best looters ever. Okay, automatically right. goes in a deck somewhere, right? Right. Because it's a looter for two and it has an upside sometimes. Yeah. And like a really good upside, right? Right. Yeah. Where people lose life, you gain life. And. It's got the other ability where sometimes you can just get to cast something from your like, yeah. I mean, this is it's, it's a solid, solid uncommon. Yeah, this is what I look for in my uncommons, right? This is just a yes. very cool card. So yeah, it's 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 a good role player. It's not super overpowered, but it does a thing that you really want. It will like incrementally make your your deck a little bit better. So. Twelve cents, so go buy a handful of them is my recommendation. <laughs> there we go. Um, next one, Zar Ojanan, Scion of Afabra. Three colorless, a green and a white for a four-four cat warrior. Fuck, Adam, I didn't. God damn, it, I didn't see the name. I didn't see the word, and then I saw but, the word. I was all excited because oh, we're, yeah. oh, we're something Ojanan. Ojanan, we're doing Afabra things. It's a cat warrior. I'm like, I'm, I'm on board. And then you had to put domain on this card, didn't you, Watsy? Didn't you? I you mean, know what the fuck did I ever do to you? Domain. Whenever Zar Ojanan, Sign of a Fiber, becomes tapped, put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control with toughness less than the number of basic land types among lands you control. Fuck, this sucks. Just, yeah. Just, no. Stop it. T- yeah. Tell me about Zur. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Zur, so this is an interesting one. When I, when cool. I, saw, I was like, okay, first <laughs> of all, so original Zur is insanely broken so <laughs> right one of the most broken cards ever printed noted right yes <laughs> so noted. uh let's see how this one does it's a, a white a blue and a black for legendary creature human wizard one four okay we're fine so far yep he has flying cool enchantment creatures you control have death touch lifelink and hexproof i like where this is going yep 
One in a white target non-aura enchantment you control becomes a creature in addition to its other types and has base power and base toughness, each equal to its mana value. That's kind of neat. I like it. It's kind of neat. I, I like this card. Yeah, because uh, it allows you to play like all the global enchantments and then just turn them into creatures. Like, Yeah, it's, it's pretty neat. I mean, yeah. I love me a Karn deck, right? So like, how can I not do this? And this is just better. I, I have to admit, yeah. you know, the, my heart lies with the, the Silver Golem. Like, this is just going to be better in every single way. Because sure. Death Touch, Life Link, and Hexproof. Oh my freaking god. Um, yeah, man, I just... Yeah. What was the other one from this set that we were talking about that was good with enchantments? From this set? I thought it was from this set. Oh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Sten could reduce that cost. No, no, I think it was from a previous one. Oh, mm. God. I don't know. I mean, how about this? I will probably try out Shauna in my ban- Enchantress deck because she's just, like, pretty good and probably gave me some, some cards because she can wear an aura, okay? Um, I don't think that's the one we were talking about, though. No, it was it was one where, like... Oh, here we go. Maybe uh, Danitha. She's the... When she ETBs, you can put an aura and equipment card from your hand or graveyard onto the battlefield attached to her? No. It was the one where we were like, oh, there's, like, no downside to playing, like... Uh, aura spells like it completely got rid of the downside of auras oh oh, oh uh, ivy ivy, ivy. Yeah. yes ivy, yeah. yeah so that's when a player uh, casts a spell that targets only a single creature other than ivy gleeful spell thief you may copy that spell the copy targets ivy i was looking so for aura stuff and it's in the yeah, reminder yeah. text so, but, yeah. so two obviously very different decks in this case because one is specifically like going to be auras and one is specifically not going to be auras but really both kind of interesting new you know uh enchantment decks so i i like i yeah i like it when you do when you have one card that just changes the direction of a deck right it doesn't change the deck necessarily most of your pieces are probably going to be the same but like Oh, okay. Now all my enchantment creatures do more than just sit there and like add a little value. So right. uh, that's kind of neat. So yeah, I don't know. Zer Internal Schemer. I like that card quite a bit. Um, and with that, ladies and gents, holy crap! It it took us literally like a month of uh, a, a literal month of Sundays. Oh yeah, absolutely. To finish up Dominar United Commanders. Uh, that that was cray cray. Uh, we haven't yeah. even talked about any of the cards in the set. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> And then another set came out, so I don't even know. Um, ladies and gents, we're, we're going to get out of here pretty quick. But let us know what you guys think of these. You know, we have told you what we thought. Um, if you have any idea why they keep printing domain cards, let me know. That's That sounds like a, a waste of time and effort on everyone's um, – on, on behalf of everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah design right. team and players. Yeah. But with that, uh, we're going to mosey on through a dumb interstitial comeback in technology with Token Tech for 2022. Um, interstitial numero three. Mm. Mm. What do we got? What do we got here? Uh, oh, here we go. All right. 
Do you like impressionist paintings that occasionally turn into Cronenberg nightmares? No. No? Okay. Well, I might have sold it a little weird. Dream Studio Lite uh, is the, the beta version of Dream Studio, which is an AI program where it takes like text strings and turns them into AI-generated images. Um, hmm. Do you need an account for this? Uh, no, you need to log in. So there's three different versions. Like One is like the paid account. No one's going to do the paid one, right? The right. one that I use, uh, which I'll just drop the link into, Go you just have Google. to log in. Yeah, just log in with Google. Um, and then there's one, there's a browser version, uh, which is super slow. But, you know, it, it is what it is. And, like, it is very, let's just say very in the making, right? It's got a, mm-hmm. it's got some issues. Um, if anybody wants to, I, I was bored as I was editing the last show last week. And I just put in Magic the Gathering novel, and that's the image I used. So if you look at, like, last week's post, which we'll post right. tomorrow as of this, like, that's what I put in. I'm like, oh, that was actually pretty decent. You know? I'm like, okay. Um so yeah, like you play around with this and you just put in text string. I don't know, like Adam, give me a text string. Me I mean, a- I'm putting it all on the watchtower. Okay, let's see what I get. Okay, the watchtower. Yeah. Is it a painting, or is it just a picture from the internet? Oh no, it is. It's generated by the AI. And the thing I like doing is if you go on the side here, it says number of images, so you can get a, a couple different. Uh, you can get up to I don't know, I think like eight different images that it draws. Oh up. oh. So it can, and it can be impressionistic. It can be photorealistic. It can be art. It can be all kinds of funky things. Like some of these uh, are pretty yeah. good uh, and some are just horrid nightmares. But anyway, the, the thing I like about this is just how freaking weird it is. Right. Like, yeah, I, I know in like 10 or 15 years, like my, my child will be saying, Oh, Oh, you sweet summer child. Like in your, your tiny little basic AI as AI is like rewriting everything nowadays. But in a world where I think I don't think I'm making up this story, uh, an AI generated image did just win an art contest somewhere. Um, really? Let's see. AI art one art contest. Can I point out that one of the ones that it came up with was like had a magic border to it? Yeah, it's kind of neat, right? Weird. That's weird. Yes. Why? So there was a. Uh, I'll drop the. I'll drop the link. Um, but there's an. Uh, a New York Times article called Are AI Generated Pictures Art? Because uh, this man, let's see, Jason Allen's uh, AI generated work. I'm, I'm just going to say the American version because I can't read this and I don't even know what this looks like. Uh, sure. Theater Opera Spatial. Duh. It's got an awful lot of uh, accents on that word. Um, just won it in, uh, let's see, the Colorado State Fair's annual art competition. Uh, and there was some huh. uh, some controversy there for that. So, yeah. whoops, let me put that. I in. just put in the entire, like the first half of our song list from another interstitial. Yeah, and I got some very disturbing images of people that I created. See, this is the thing. Sometimes it's really it's, neat. And that is some nightmare fuel. Like it basically <laughs> gave me a whole bunch of bald serial killers. Like. Yeah, I I would tell you the one my my wife told me she like because I I introduced her before the show, and I'm like, "Hun, just give me a text string," and she goes, uh, "Oh, monsters under the bed," and and oh, let me God. tell you, that's yeah, some of them were super cute. Like think, uh, I don't know, think think, oh Jesus Christ, uh, 
<laughs> think like Monsters Inc. Oh my Yeah. Adam, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this one in the chat for you. This one is special, the one that, that just came up. Uh. <laughs> I can't wait. This is this is something I, I promise you I will never revisit again because this is a little too much for me. Oh really? That good, huh? Yeah. Um what, what specifically is the too much for you? Oh no, like the the people? It, no. It was way too disturbing. They like it was just shy of being like the Corinthian. Like the eyes were all <laughs> weird and distorted and like oh god, no. Mm-mm. Yeah. So um, it's kind of a lot sometimes, you know. Yeah. So anyway, ladies and gents, if you want to create uh some nightmare fuel, like some I mean some really true nightmare fuel, uh or some delightful uh I think it does like backgrounds and weirdly sometimes it does uh it does landscapes and sometimes animals pretty well. Sometimes horrible, sometimes real horrible. Um I just put like woodchuck running in a field. Some were cute, some will stain my unconscious for years to come. Um Yeah, that's that's the problem. Yeah. But uh anyway, ladies and gents, if you want to play around with this, it is 100% totally free. It is a fun thing. Um, I'm going to disturb Adam right now because I'm put it right there. And uh, yeah, let us know. You can play around with it. It's goofy. Also, read that article. It's kind of neat. Just talking about like, you know, some of the um, some of the issues perhaps that w- would pop up. in some... Yeah, it's come a long way. I mean, I remember watching li- like looking at some of the AI generated uh, artwork over the past few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was still. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was still gathering a lot of input. Like, it, it still didn't really understand anatomy, and it didn't understand, you know, like what oh. things went together <laughs> in associations and stuff. And oh god, <laughs> well, yeah, uh-huh. the one underneath it is kind of neat, though, right? So yes, that one's okay, but Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh no, it's so not okay. <laughs> Let me give you the last one that that just popped up because that one's actually pretty good. Tell me that last one with the purple guy is pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. The the hands are a little disturbing, but Uh, they are right. But the the first one, man. Yeah. Oh, God. The first one is is actual nightmare (laughs) fuel like that. I might I might leave these in. (laughs) I might leave these in the show notes. Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Go ahead. Because I'm probably going to I'm probably going to show my kid. Uh, cause it's cool, right? Like the same thing. I, I showed my five-year-old and we had tons of fun just playing around with it. Right. So, sure. Like, yeah. I you, mean, it is, it is a cool website and idea. Right. So, like, and again, no, no question. This you is know, a novelty. It's very neat. Yeah. A total weird novelty, but I thought it was worth bringing up. So yeah. With that, ladies and gents, uh, yeah, let us, uh, let's mosey on to some technology. In technology this week, ladies and gents, Adam, how how like you a token? I like tokens. Yeah, token not bad, right? Fun. Yeah, tokens are neat. Um, I like turning small things that aren't really cards, but are kind of still made of cardboard sideways, right? Or maybe uh, you know, just just gobbling them up for some resources, you know, or doing some things however you like. So, uh, this week, ladies and gents, we're not going to go over all of these, but we made a short list of, um, specifically some Selesnia token goodies. Cause you know, that is kind of their, their stock and trade. Yeah. And then absolutely. also I added at the end, some non Selesnia goodies, 
Um, not that you couldn't put them in Selesnya, but also they just like they just go well in other decks. You know, right. say, say your Simics, say your Izits, say your whatevers. Um, so check those out. We're going to take these with a, uh, a grain of salt. We're not certainly going to read every single one of them, but we will kind of play around here or there and then, uh, you know, pick and choose as we go. So, yeah. Adam, well, what do you got here? What's the first one that's kind of uh, tickling your fancy? So let's look at Bio Waste Blob. Go for it. Bio Waste Blob is two green green for a zero zero creature ooze. We're starting real, real strong. Yeah. Uh, ooze creatures you control get plus one plus one, so it doesn't die immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control a commander, create a token that's a copy of Bio Waste Blob. This is like the most interesting a sliver could ever get. <laughs> yeah, sad but true, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Like it's muscle sliver, but like it keeps replicating. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, so keeps making it bigger. And yeah, I mean, like if you're in the. You know, the ooze deck, this is a, a very cool card. I kind of like him not, or I'm sure he goes in the ooze deck, but I like him in just a general weird tokens deck, right? Sure. Because um, he makes a lot of weird copies of himself, and then he kind of just keeps making copies of himself as long as your commander's out. Um, right. So, you know, again, not amazing, but kind of neat. So yeah. I like the fact they get they get bigger and stronger every single time it's out. So Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. What's my first one here going to be? Uh, I like, and this is goofy. And I know we kind of just like glance past it when we read it the first time, but, uh, Gala greeters was a, was a car that I kind of liked. So at first glance, it has a weird handicap that shouldn't make me like it, but it's so cheap. It actually works out. Okay. So it's one in a green elf druid. This is out of new Capenna. It's a one, one. It has alliance. Whenever another creature enters a battlefield under your control, choose one that hasn't been chosen this turn. It's uh, put a plus one plus one counter on Gala Greeters, create a tap treasure token, or gain two life. So I like this just because it's incidental value and it's super cheap. Like right. Gala Greeters, as I put it in a deck or two just to try it out, paid for itself multiple times. Right? Even though it is a tapped treasure token that pops in, right. um, he ends up I mean, you say you make like two tokens a turn, which is not crazy for a token deck, right? Right. Um, and then, sure, whatever. I'm never usually going to choose the two life. I'm probably going to always do treasure token, then plus one, plus one counter, then gain life in that order every single time. Right. But even if you just create a treasure token every turn, that's pretty good. Yeah, you're not using it that turn, but you're just like incidentally gathering up treasure tokens. Right. Um, and it works out, you know? And so for one in a green which super splashable in any combination of colors. Like I have found some good uses for Gala creators. Take that as you will, ladies and gents. Right. Right. No, this is Mark giving like a very qualified recommendation for a pretty decent value card. Right. Uh, Next one. Uh, Next one is harvest season. This is not uh, a super new card, but it is one that has, done a lot of good things in the last few years this was originally printed in uh whoa what's that set called amonkhet yeah yeah uh harvest season is two and a green for a sorcery that says search your library for x basic land cards where x is the number of tapped creatures you control and put those onto the battlefield tapped then shuffle your library uh for the big like i'm going to ramp huge type spells 
this is one that I have seen the biggest impact from. They're, every time I see somebody play this, they're at least searching for three, four lands. And for three mana, that's amazing. Yeah, that's very, very good, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to wait for the most enormous play. Like, I'll I'll pop this anytime I have three tapped creatures, right? Because it's just good Yeah, three is absolutely fun. I mean, it's better than a Cultivate, and who, like, and Cultivate's a great card. Right, exactly. So, I mean, I don't know, man. Good card's really good. Yeah. You're doing token things, put you you a Harvest Season in there. Yeah, and to be honest, I mean, not even if you're doing token things. If you're just doing something that's a a fairly creature-heavy deck, I think you you can easily make, make room for it. Oh, yeah, true, true. Yep. Yeah, good card, good. Next one. All right, so this is one that came out and I totally overlooked it and now I've been putting it in more and more cards and there's a specific okay. reason why. So Idol of Oblivion is just a two-mana artifact. It has a uh, tap ability, tap draw card, activate only if you created a token this turn. Or you, okay. may, or you may pay eight, tap it, sacrifice Idol of Oblivion, create a 10-10 card whistle, draws a creature token. Let me guess which mode you use it for. Adam, can I be honest... And say that even though every single listener to this cast would expect me to, I have yet to ever pop the ten ten token. That is not even a little bit surprising because that's not a good ability. It whereas is, the first one is pretty good. The first one's so good, and let me tell you the the part that I like best about this. It's not a token creature. So every tre- every oh, time I make yeah. a treasure token, this thing draws me a card, and that has been really good because oh my god, like everything incidentally draws. T- makes treasure tokens lately Uh, right or food tokens or something tokens or something something whatever like the times where i'm just like you know what i make a non-zero amount of tokens in this deck i'm gonna throw this in here i have never been disappointed so you know again it is what it is like you just make one you just draw an extra card a turn but for two mana that's pretty good so yeah, I mean, for two mana, just draw an extra card a turn is is not bad. And then there's ways to exploit this where we can, you know, untap it from this or that or the other thing, oh, you yeah, know? Oh, yeah, I mean, so. we're not even talking to, like, weird, I don't know, intruder alarm synergies or something goofy. Right, so, exactly. You know, sure, whatever, do you, do your thing. Um, right. Yeah, Idle of Oblivion, good card, good. Yeah. Next one. Uh, next one is Scoot Swarm, uh, as a surprise to no one. Because this this uh kind of blew up when it first came out. It is two and a green for a one one insect with landfall. Whenever a land enters battlefield under your control, create a one one green insect creature token. If you control six or more lands, create a token that's a copy of Scoot Swarm instead, which is really cool. This is a very good card. Yeah. This thankfully it's only like three bucks now. Right. It, it settled down from its standard days, but uh, yeah, good card, yeah. good man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Adam, can I ask you a s- kind of related question? What's that? Different spelling. Is Scoot the cutest way to move? It is. You know, well, it it is both the cutest and the worst because, like, when like a dog is scooting across the floor, that, yeah, it's not good, right? <laughs> uh-huh. We all know <laughs> so, what that means, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So you know, yeah. but. But yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, just just throwing it out there. Next one. All right, so this one's corner case. This is an interesting one. But it's interesting, right? Yeah. And so this yeah. is why this is why I kind of want to talk about it. So yeah. I've been messing around with Selesnia Eulogist, which uh, just came out came out of Commander twenty nineteen. It's kind of a weird. It came out of that populate deck. 
right? Right. So this is weird populate tech, but for two colorless and a green, you get a centaur druid 3-3 with an activated ability, pay two colorless and a green, exile target creature card from a graveyard, and then populate. Yeah, the a graveyard is very interesting. Right. I mean, yeah, because you're always... You're always using this in someone else's graveyard if you have the right, option. Right, right. So, like, I don't know, man. Incidental graveyard hate and populate? Right. Good, good marriage to me, you know? Not crazy yeah. overpowered, but, like, good card. So, yeah. yeah. Good card, good. Listen, man. Good card you, is good. You get, you get two upsides for three green, and let's be honest, three mana in green is kind of like two mana in every other color. That's so, true. It's fine. Next one. Uh, yeah, so my last one for this part of the category is uh, Tireless Provisioner. So it's two and a green for a 3-2 Elf Scout. Has Landfall. Uh, I like Landfall, by the way. Who doesn't like a Landfall? Yeah. Uh, whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, create a food token or a treasure token. Uh, this is almost always a very simple decision. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I mean, this is great. I mean, like, every time you play a land, you effectively get another, like, you know, half mana, let's call it. Yeah, yeah, about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic. I love that. I mean, yeah, good card, good, man. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what to say. How many times can I say that? Actually, this is way better than good card, good. This is probably one of my favorite cards out of that set. And I think yeah. we, we said that at the time. Like, it was just, it's just super strong. You know, like, Tireless right. Tracker is very, is good, but, like, Give me a treasure token, not a clue token. Yeah. Like in that order. Hierarchy of tokens, right? Like treasure, clue, food, way down the list. But, right. Yeah. All right. So next one for non-Selesnia goodies, because uh, I think there's been a lot of really cool cards that have come out in the last few years that have nothing to do with Selesnia. Right. Heretical as that might seem. Um. So let us go over some of these. Uh, Adam, do you want to take the first one? Which technically could also be a Selesnia card, but whatever. Yes, that's true. And yes, this is one of my favorite cards on the list. Uh, Academy Manufacturer. Uh, it's three mana for a 1-3 assembly worker. If you would create a clue, food, or treasure token and create, uh, instead create one of each. Um, that card is amazing. Yeah. It makes anything that creates food something I actually care about. Yeah. Isn't it great? I mean, it's just so many freaking tokens. Um, yeah, I think I said this before when uh, when Phil, listener, awesome guy, uh, he'll invite me on for, for to play like online games every once in a while with him, and we'll do some some EDH over over the interwebs. Right. Um, man, just stomped my ass with a Guillaume deck, you know, yeah. the, the the food guy, and just made yeah. so many ridiculous tokens with the Academy yeah. Manufacturer. If you just care about making tokens, or just like incidentally you're in an artifacts deck and you care about number of artifacts and all of those things he makes are artifacts like right oh my god you just you pop out artifacts left right and center so yeah. it's yeah good card good it has a lot of uh not obvious synergies with a lot of different decks so right um speaking of not obvious synergies and i did not appreciate the power of this 17 cent card at <laughs> first uh junk winder man that's a dude this is a fucking good card Junkwinder is five colorless and two blue. You are probably going to pay at most three mana for this card. Right. Um, it's a serpent. It's a five, six. It has affinity for tokens. Fucking love affinity. I love yep. the affinity for tokens. Whenever a token enters the battlefield under your control, tap target non-land permanent and opponent controls. It doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. Adam, oh my God. <laughs> I've had so much fun with this card. 
I just I just put it in the decks it goes in. You make your treasure tokens, and then other guy goes to sleep for a turn. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's super powerful, man, and it's so cheap. And like, I've never been sad to have this in a deck. Whenever it comes out, I'm just like, yeah. It's a very interesting design. Like, it, you know, I think what is this Modern Horizons two? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, again, I I think that the the Modern Horizons sets really have done a, a good job of taking kind of disparate themes and you know making them really interesting and not entirely game breaking but pretty pretty op too yeah i don't think this breaks the game right but this also like gives you a lot of advantage right yeah it's very very good uh next one sir uh yeah next one is curiosity crafter hmm yeah, Curiosity Crafter is three and a blue for a three-three bird wizard with flying. Which, by the way, and, and you have no maximum hand size. That alone, like four mana for a flying, you have no maximum hand size. Three-three is pretty decent. Yeah, man. Like right off the bat, pretty decent. Right. Yeah. Uh, but then, as in addition to that, whenever a creature token you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. Uh, if you have any kind of evasion for your tokens, like you're probably going to draw a ridiculous amount because i mean typically people use like what coastal piracy right in token decks mm-hmm. right or i think there's another one like by or something yeah by yeah. yeah um but those are those are really common role players for for this same thing but having this tacked onto a creature that also gives you no, no maximum hand size um and is a little bit more niche because it's specific to tokens not just creatures you control like i think this is a really really cool card yeah, uh, again, like, good card, good, but also, like, this is just a really good, phenomenal role player in that deck for the reasons yeah. you said, right? It does does a lot of things. None of it is OP on its face, but it does, like, give you some serious advantage. So. Yeah. Uh, next one, gives you some decent advantage. Also, a cool card to say, uh, professional, right? face, <laughs> professional face breaker. Yes. Good. That, I just I want that profession. It's, it's fine. Two colorless and a red. It's a human warrior. It's got menace. It's two, three. Whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, create a treasure token, sacrifice a treasure, exile the top card of your library, you may play that card this turn. Adam, there's like nothing more I want in tokens. Yeah, I mean, one or more creatures. So like the one or more, uh, always. I, yeah, know, I, but, I'm not a fan of that, but right. okay. Okay. But, okay, you hit something, you get a treasure token. Great. Uh, sacrifice treasure token, get to draw a card. Like, yeah, okay. Like, yeah. this is this is good stuff. I will say, as professional facebreaker, didn't you technically have that job? <laughs> um, well, you know, <laughs> we it wasn't just faces we would break. I mean, you know, okay, the, Marine, enough, the yeah. Marine Corps would break lots of things. Right. So, <laughs> you know, if you were just going for faces, that's a specialization. So, that's a specialist. Just, just throwing that in there. Do you have to get your doctorate? In that? Yeah, yeah. This is many years of high school. Yeah. So, okay. Um. Anyway, professional face breaker. I really like this card. I've had this card played against me, and every time it's played against me, I'm like, man, I should just get me a copy of that card. It was like one of those for a while, and now right. I, because I'm like, uh, five bucks for a for a rare from New Capenna. I'm like, ah, oh, come on, you know, I'm I'm so cheap. It's just disgusting. Right. This what? This is like worth every penny of the five bucks. In a, in oh a yeah, deck like that. Like it, it does the things you want to do. It even has mana, so it can kind of get through and do it. And then later on, you can get some little evasive whatever tokens, like, or just creatures. It doesn't even have to be t- tokens. You just, you just get stuff, and then you right. just 
then you just get stuff. Like you, you get the ability to either do some impulse draw or you just get extra mana. Like there's nothing to not like about this card. It's super special. No, agreed. Yeah, good card, good. Next one, sir. Uh, next one is Jetmir Nexus of Revels. Mm. And I'll, I'll just say this from the get-go. Like I used to, so in um, in my Hazazan deck, I used to play a lot of the, oh God, what are they called? They're the the two color, like there's the Balefire and the this and the that, the, the two color like Lords, the Lieges. Oh, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to play the Lieges for all the different color combinations of the things. And I had like Tulsimir Wolf, you know, all, yep, yep. all those kind of things in there. And I think that all of those come out and Jetmir goes in and that's really the the only substitution that happens. So. I mean, Jetmir's good. <laughs> yeah, Jetmir Nexus of, of Rebels is one, a red, a green, and a white for a 5-4 cat demon. Yes. Uh, creatures you control get plus one plus O and have vigilance as long as you control three or more creatures. Creatures you control get plus one plus zero and trample as long as you control six and more six or more creatures. And creatures you control get plus one plus zero and have double strike as long as you control nine or more creatures. Which is, I mean, each one of those, I think six is really not hard to have. The right. nine, okay. I mean that that can be difficult sometimes, but in a lot of cases, not. You know, yeah, it's um, EDH, right? Yeah. So plus three, plus O, trample, vigilance, double strike on your tokens. Like, what? A one-time Avenger of Zendikar drop does this to you? Ooh, like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Like, pick your poison, so, right? At that point, like, I think the hardest part is like, oh, well, I just have to go Naya, which is not a really hard part to do, right? No, not I mean Naya tokens is fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. Jetmere was really neat. I'm glad they printed a new little piece of tech for that. I was I guess I wasn't expecting that from New Capenna. Um but I I, I like Jetmere. This is one of my favorite cards from that set. Yeah. Um, All right. And I will round it out with another favorite card from that set. All right. This card was weird and I didn't know how to, to properly uh I guess evaluate it when it first came out. And I remember thinking, like, this is strange. I'm going to have to play with it. And I played with it, and it turns out I really like this card. So, Rose Room Treasurer. It's three colorless and a red. Uh, it's an Ogre Warrior, 4-3. It has Alliance. Whenever another creature enters a battlefield under your control, create a treasure token. If this is the first or second time this ability has resolved this turn, otherwise you may pay X. When you do, Rose Room Treasurer deals X damage to any target. Adam, can I say what the very favorite pairing of this card is? What's that? Uh, Mana Echoes does really nice things when you start popping out tokens. And then the first time, yep, you get some treasure tokens. Now I need to remember what Mana Echoes does. So Mana Echoes is whenever a creature enters the battlefield, you may add an amount of wingdings equal to the number of creatures you control that share a creature type with it. Uh. Ah. I have just murdered people with Rose Room Treasurer. And I I was not expecting that. I'm like, oh, I can just make treasure token, treasure token. Oh, oh, hmm. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. To your point, right? If you have, I don't know. I mean, this is just like an easy one. If you have mana echoes, uh, Avengers and the Guard, Rosen Treasurer, pretty good. I can't do that math, but pretty pretty good odds you're gonna kill somebody. Wait, but mana echoes has to be a creature, right? So. If you if you do Avengers Zendikar and you have Mana Echoes and Rose Room Treasure out, and you oh, have yeah. X oh, amount yeah, of lands, yeah, yeah. they came in. Mana yeah. Echoes hurts my brain. I literally need a calculator for that card. 
Um, but yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, that's a three mana combo you probably just murder the table with, right? So I was not expecting it to be that good. I I was expecting to be like, oh well, you know, my first second times like a uh, creature ETBs, I get treasure tokens. If I get two treasure tokens on a turn, that's that's pretty good. They're not even tapped like Gala Greeters, right? They just right. kind of they just come in. So yeah. like, I was just putting it in for the two treasure tokens, and then right. I incidentally realized that occasionally it doesn't have to be mana echoes. Sometimes it can just be like a lot of you know, like incidentally you're you're burning a you know a, something a little mana dork on the other side or a utility creature or something, or, right. or you're doing a little bit extra damage, you know. Um, so I don't think this card is like the most amazing thing ever, but yo, this card's a buck forty, like. Oh yeah, I mean. It, for the amount of money you're paying for this card, like you're gonna you're gonna probably get a pretty good advantage off it. So right. you know, for for how nicely splashable it is, it can go in a bunch of decks. Like I think Rose Room Treasure is one of those cards that like I'm not gonna claim is this amazing piece of tech that's got slept on, but actually right. is a really good role player, is better than it seemed to me. So Yeah. yeah. Uh, and with that Ladies and gents, uh, we went over some some new token tech. If you guys have some new token tech, we put some more stuff on here that we did not talk about because you know I'm not gonna have a three hour show on this. Uh, but let us know in the in the comments if you think uh, we missed anything or if there's other things you want. I mean, man, I could always use more token tech. So right, throwing that out there like you're actively making Mark's decks better if that's a, if that's an incentive that, that does something for you. But with that, ladies and gents, we're gonna mosey on through a dumb interstitial. Get out of here with an outro. Say goodbye for another week. Stick with us. Adam, even though this was kind of a stack show with cards, I feel like we've come to the meat of it in this last interstitial. Uh, yeah. Last week, folks, we talked about songs that should be untouchable, that we shouldn't really cover. We did. We uh, did, yeah. And so now Adam brought up maybe the the band that was best at covers of all time, uh, the Fugees. And I'm like, yeah. wow. Turns out there are probably a lot of covers out there that are just way better than the originals. Uh, yeah. Which prompted this. So, yeah, we went back and we did that. So you're welcome. Uh, so, Adam, again, I don't know that we needed to go over every single one of these, but like Hit me with what you got, sir. Yeah, so um, so nothing compares to you. Originally by Prince, best by Sinead O'Connor, right? I'm just gonna say, first time I've even considered Sinead O'Connor for many, many years. Um, oh, yeah, well, yes, yes, but uh, sure. I don't recall off the top of my head that, but uh, I'm willing to go for it, go with you on that. I remember thinking Sinead O'Connor had a couple good ones. So yeah. I think it's funny you start off with the Sinead O'Connor one and not the two empirically best on this list. So, so I, I don't think that the the first of those two is empirically best because I do like the original. Oh, okay. Quite, so quite a bit, but yeah. yeah. So we're talking about Man Who Sold the World, right? And I love the I love the Bowie version too. Right, the Bowie version, and and they're not too far apart. They they aren't. To me, it's kind of like, um, and I know I think I mentioned this before, but I'm a real big fan of the Peter Gabriel version of Heroes. Um, mm, mm-hmm. But I don't think it's better than the David Bowie one. But I like it as an accompaniment, right? You know? uh, as something alongside. And I kind of think of the same way, but 
if you if you put a gun to my head, I will give the nod to the Nirvana version. Oh, the Nirvana right. one. Yeah, agreed. It's specifically the one on the Unplugged album, right? Like, that's the one we're talking yes. about? Yes. Oh, yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's the recording you go for. I don't for. even know if they did it on anything else. That's a good point. I don't know, actually, because the I only was, one I, I listened to I think it was, was just unplugged. for that Unplugged performance. Yeah. They did so that good. and what? Like a Meat Puppet song? Yeah. Um, man, I like that. I like to unplug as a con- as just a concept. It was a great concept when they were picking the right acts to do it. Yes. They uh, they jumped the shark for sure at some point, but like there were a, like the first season or two of mm-hmm. that, like the first couple of years was great. Yeah. A uh, moment in time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh next one all along the watchtower. Yeah, but it's Does anyone even remember the original one? Like I don't. The original? <laughs> yeah, all along the watchtower. Yeah. What was what was who sang the original? Who wasn't Jimi Hendrix? Bob Dylan. Oh well, I don't really care. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean it's, it's, like it's that's nice. Famous for, like, I'm sure that it is, but I'm like I don't really care, Mr. Dylan. You have many know, excellent I mean, like, songs. Yes. Jimi Hendrix version is. I mean, there is no argument there to me. There's absolutely no argument. Like the Jimi yeah. Hendrix version is the version, right? Yes, that, that just correct. is it. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a couple other ones on this list here. Um, I fought the yeah. law by the Clash. That yeah. Don't get right. me wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like it, but like that one's always the one I think of. So well, of course. Yeah. I mean, that is that song. Um, so, so this one is probably more divisive. Um, Ring of fire. That is that song to me. The one by social. So, see, that's, I, I can't go that way. I just can't. Yeah. Get, similar with the, the, the one next on the list. I like how you flipped it. And now you have Tori Amos smells like teen spirit instead of a Nirvana one. So, controversial so, controversial sir I'll, yeah, I'll put it that so, way. so nirvana's is obviously like the go-to uh-huh but i do think that tori's version of it was better more interesting true um the next one i i do think is empirically better to the point where i think that falls into the i forgot even though it's incredibly famous original version like right you forget that the Beatles, specifically John Lennon, wrote with a little help from my friends, mm-hmm. and then you're like, no, you just think of Joe Cocker, like that's all. Yeah. That's all you ever really think of, right? Because you think it, of Joe Cocker, you think of that one performance, right? That is that is the only performance, right? That's the only right. thing you think of. So, and similarly to Killing Me Softly with his song. So, um, yeah, I mean the the Fuji's version is just so good. I mean, it it really is. Like, I mean. You like the Roberta Flack one is still fantastic. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Roberta Flack definitely it. I don't think she's gotten her due in the modern era. Um, right. Very famous back in the day. But like, I think she kind of fell off the, the culture wheel somewhere. Um, that's a gr- I mean, that's a great song. I mean, I think I think what really what really like like clinches it for for the Fugees is that the instrumentation is is better like the roberta flack one very much sounds like it's got some kind of like air organ and like like it it feels very dated now the fuji's one might be very dated for us like for the younger generation also it might sound very 90s Mm -hmm. um but to me yeah i can i can go along with the fuji's one much better vocals on both are fantastic Oh yeah, absolutely. Lauren Hill and Roberta Flack are both great. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, that whole album was amazing. That whole Fuji's album was amazing. Oh yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, the funny part is the the songs you think of from that album are the the covers. So right. That's um, true. Next one. All right. So w- we got some dueling Ramones here. All right. So hit me yeah. up. The, the Mike and his uke. <laughs> or yeah. Mikey so and his Mikey uke. and his uke is like 
uh, I don't remember the band that he's from. Like this this guy Mike Hoffwell or something. I don't remember. But um, he has this YouTube thing that he started doing during the pandemic, where he would just call a whole bunch of random and i think we've talked about this a whole bunch of random other like punk rock people you know um from you know toy dolls to you know no fx to whatever like all all these guys and they just get together and do recordings um and and they got together remotely and just recorded their parts and then and and so he's kind of carried that on after you know post-pandemic but bonzo goes to bitburg is not a song that i love by the ramones I like the story behind it. It's, it's an interesting it's song. Yeah. Um, but Mikey and his youth does a fantastic job of doing a cover of that song. Like I love every part of it. The, the production value, the vocals, everything. Hmm. I'll have to, I'll have to check it out. You know, again, that that's also not my favorite. Um, right. Like if I'm, if I'm, I don't know. If I was going to do like an A-side, B-side LP of my favorite Ramon songs, that might make the B-side or it might just fall off, you know? It's it's not a it's not in my top 20 even. Yeah, um, I mean, well, I mean, as Ramones went on, like the production got a little more out of hand and things like that and it wasn't as stripped down as it as it should have been. And and so this version of it is a lot more I mean, it's hard to say this sentence, but just bear with it. It's a lot more punk than the Ramones one. <sighs> Oh man, take the knife back, sir. I, I understand. Jeez. I understand. Like oh. saying that the Ramones weren't as punk as anything is, is very difficult, but you know, I mean, they, okay. Look, okay, I don't know, man. Right. I mean, there is like there's somebody playing a friggin' xylophone in that song. Yeah. As you say that like it's a bad thing. So yeah, uh, I mean <laughs> Um I, on the other side, it, the flipping this, I suppose, um, I really like the Kiss version of Do You Remember Rock and Roll Radio? There is another version. It's I don't think it's Paul Stanley on vocals. I think it's Gene Simmons on vocals. And it's really weird. I'm going to have to find like the actual physical copy. This is when digital media has failed me. Because yeah. there, there was a Ramones compilation I picked up somewhere. I was somewhere in like... You know, you're, you're moving from like, the transitions from like tapes to CDs back in the day. Right, right. And you're like, I don't have the money to, to rebuy all of these albums right away, but I can buy the greatest hits. You know, it was one right. of those. And uh, at the end of it... It had all these weird covers that I've never heard again. Like Bono and U2 covered a couple Ramon songs. It was fucking right. weird. And like this was a specific version of Do You Remember Rock and Roll Radio that I liked a little bit better with uh, with Kiss on it. So right. it's just a good song is good, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the last two, oh man. The last two the last two for me. So back in the day, I must have said this before, there was a an album, two compilation albums called Before You Were Punk which fits uh, my specific niche of like when punk bands cover 80 songs. It's like one of my favorite things ever. And there's two songs in particular. Uh, I melt with you by good riddance and which is very good. Even though I understand you like the modern English, the modern English version is still very good too. Yes. However, unquestionably, I don't care how much of a Rod Stewart fan you are. Young Turks by Jughead's revenge. Just check it out. That song 100% blows the OG one out of the oh, water. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just absolutely does. Um, and again, like, Rod Stewart's fine. It's, again, it might be 20 years since I've really thought about Rod Stewart that much. Um, but, man, like, Young Turks is... Probably that's be another 20 years before you do it again. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. Actually, you know what? You know what he showed up the other day? Which is fucking weird. He was on um, Bill Maher's show on HBO. Interesting. He was just like the modern guest. He's like, yeah, I'm in town for a show. want to come on. I don't know if he wrote a book or something or was promoting something, but I'm like, 
oh my god, Rod Stewart's not dead. And then yeah. I kind of felt bad for having that. But every just it, everyone admits you must yeah. have had that same reaction, so it's fine. Uh, and then the last one, sir. Uh, oh yeah, last one. Okay, so <laughs> Total Eclipse of the Heart, which is <clears> like the cheesiest song ever, right? Yes. Um, you have, have some you explaining heard, to do. Have you heard the Dan Band version? <laughs> I have not. Okay. Have you heard the version that's on the Wedding Singer? Oh yes. Okay. That's that. Oh, or why didn't you lead with that then? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, man. Come on. Uh, and it's just because it's so cheesy that that's what makes it so good. Because he actually, I mean, they do a good job of actually playing the song, mm-hmm. but then add a little bit of comedic flair to it. In uh, dropping the f bomb uh, like forty times, <laughs> yeah. And I know we didn't say it specifically, but can we just give the, the honorable mention to like every me first in the Gimme Gimme's album for the for this oh, one? Yeah, I, I mean, don't, like, I don't look, think a lot of country them are roads by by me first in the Gimme Gimme's. Oh. Um, like, yeah, so good. Somewhere over the rainbow is actually really good on that. <laughs> that is that is very true. Yeah, um, that's a weird one. <laughs> yeah so many so many good songs my wife hates me personally give me things wow oh i think that i think i might have to break up yeah so, I, it's it was a it was a call that had to be made wow right. it, that, that was definitely that was a, a test of your marriage right there. yeah that's yeah. uh it's pretty impressive sir um no i i love me i think um i mean our drag is one of my favorite albums like that's super awesome but their first one have a ball it's just yeah. dope. Like me and Julio down by the 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 schoolyard. Yeah. yeah. Their version of Mandy actually that's not really hard it's to a get good better. Song. Is yeah. a good yeah, they turned fucking Barry Manilow into a good song, man. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. It's, I I can't say their version of Sweet Caroline's better, but it's still good. It's still real good. Eh, yeah. I mean, like like look, there there are some not so good ones on their stuff too. Oh yeah, definitely. But in general, Oh God, yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of see, one of my favorite, one of my favorite punk acts in general. Definitely. I mean, it, even the all the other bands they came from, right? I mean, yeah. Who doesn't like a good fat Mike? Nobody. Right. That nobody. Well, I mean, probably anyone who's met him in real life. <laughs> I mean, listen, we don't we don't meet our heroes around here. We're no, we're, we're good. Really, yeah, yeah, we don't need to do that. I. I've never really... Is that weird? I've never wanted to like meet a celebrity. Like I love Harrison Ford, for instance. But I know Harrison Ford is going to be an angry old stoner in real life. Why the fuck would I want to meet him? What am yeah. I going to say to a Harrison Ford? Nothing. I've met, I've met very few. Like I've met a few like comic artists and writers, and I've met Weird Al and like... Mm-hmm. That's cool. But not like not many. And like I also you know haven't met them in a venue where I've actually like talked to them in you know any kind of large scale. And yeah, I agree. I, th- I think, like, yes, meeting your heroes is probably something I would stay away from. Yes. So anyway, th- this segment took a, a weird, like, sentimental turn at the end. But okay, it did. you know, ooh, listen, you come, That's how we do. You you come to Commander Cast. You you get a dose of your your eighties, your nineties. You might get a little life advice too. So yeah. With that, that ladies and gents, uh, outro it is. <laughs> Well, folks, uh, we have come to the end of another episode. Put it in the tank. Um, although, cl- clearly, there's never going to be an end to the spoilers. Fucking never. <laughs> like, yeah. We will never be able 
to like come up for air from spoiler season. Like, goddamn, yeah. Adam, we didn't even finish talking about all the other cards in the set, of which I do legitimately think there are neat cards in Dominaria United. Yeah, absolutely. That we didn't get to, and now we're just gonna have to fit into a segment or something because something something Warhammer. So yeah. Please yeah. tell me there's not another set that's just gonna like drop out of nowhere next week, right? Like we've got some time, we've got a little space. <laughs> I, I guarantee nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Never mind. All right. Yeah. So uh, with that, ladies and gents, um, I hope you were able to somehow, I don't know, stay abreast of these things. Um, let us know what you think in the comments. Uh, sadly, we missed out on food this week, but we did a deep dive on music and dumb video games. So I, I think we covered most of our bases and we didn't hit everything, you know? We're, yeah. We're, we were heading into third and then we just ran out of time. So next week. Um, I have thoughts about birthday cake. So that I have birthday to share. cake. All right. Yeah. We had the kids party. The place that did the pizza also did the cake, which I thought was going to uh -huh. be real dicey. Turns out both were delicious. So, All right. I'm like, okay, there we go. Uh, and I don't even like cake or pizza. So what the hell? Although at that point, I mean, you're at a five-year-old's birthday party, man. And, you know, any ship in the storm. Like, I don't yeah. know. Just reach out for anything. But Adam, if uh, people want to hit you up, I don't know, tell you about... Shoot. I don't know. Their, their favorite Sinead O'Connor tune. Huh? Where are they going to hit you up? Uh, yeah, you can hit me up uh, on Twitter at Squire9999. Ladies and gents, if you have thoughts, things you want to talk to us, hit us up. CommanderCast uh, at gmail.com. I almost forgot our own fucking work. <laughs> CommanderCast at, 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 huh? What? Was it Yahoo.com? No. Uh, or on the Twitters at CommanderCast. Uh, be sure to check out our CommanderCast Facebook page, and a big thanks to everyone here at the CommanderCast Network. we see you next week with more community strategy and technology. So until then, let's get it. Yep. Yeah.